Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and I'm sitting today with a gorgeous soul who we've just been giggling stroke cackling um, about life and um, how (laughs) we're just not in control. (laughs) Who's in control? I want to speak to the manager please is probably something um, Marina Pearson, my beautiful guest and I today would love to, to speak to. Marina is um, a coach, a mother, um, an entrepreneur, an author, and a beautiful, beautiful soul who I had the absolute joy of spending time with in Los Angeles at the 3PGC conference earlier this year. And it was gorgeous because I think Marina and I had a couple of little little things, little things that um, going on between us that were... They were kind of little frizzles, but they weren't, if you know what I mean. But it was gorgeous to be able just to sit in our company and um, just be. So, Marina, I'm delighted that you're joining me today. It's such a wonderful pleasure to have you. I mean, have you been here even? As a woman who has her own podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Marina has her own podcast too. <laughs> She'll tell us about it on, on, on the, the um, um Yeah, like it was, it was just really cool to connect with you at the at the at the conference as well and so it's beautiful to be here sharing the space with you because we've attempted to get together to do this what how many times oh I, I do, yeah <laughs> I was gonna cancel today but then I was like no I think I can fit in what I needed to fit in but when you said 15 minutes I was like on a client call and I was like oh my god great so it worked out perfectly in the end it always does, love. It always does. Marina, you've been working a lot with, with mums, and I know that's what your book and your podcast is kind of pointing to, to be able to help busy mums have better lives. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. So um, where do I begin? Well, I started to notice, so when I... Um, Before having my son, I was pretty frazzled, I would say. I was working really long hours and um, I wasn't getting very far. It would seem that I was striving a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Once I get there, wherever there was, then, then I would be okay. And at the time I was coaching women to overcome heartbreak and I was... I didn't realize at the time how much stress and overwhelm and anxiety I was actually experiencing. For me, it was quite normal at the time because I just thought that that's how you did life. Mm. And so when I came across a quote on Facebook, um, the beautiful quote by Sidney Banks, where he shares that, you know, and in this game of life, we all search for ourselves. And when I'm talking about the self, I'm talking about the inner self, the very thing that created life in the first place. So if you're looking for love, if you're looking for tranquility, if you're looking just to have a peaceful life, what you're really searching for is yourself. And I'm sure I've just butchered that, but it was, it was one of those moments where I went, what? I had like a moment of confusion. And then I, I realized that I had been searching for a destination to get to Mm -hmm. that somehow that destination would then resolve everything that I was feeling at the time. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And and so my work took quite a different direction. Um, And at the time I, I started to work with women in business actually to help them tune into their intuition more. And so I created um, workshops and so forth and so on around that. Moved to Bali and got pregnant. And over time, I realized as I had my son and moved through motherhood that 
I really struggled with that. Like I really struggled with being a mum and wanting to get things out in the world mm-hmm. and putting all of that internal pressure on myself and so forth. And I realized that I really wanted to help those sorts of mums to, to create more time and space for themselves because I, I really struggled with that but it's exactly what I needed to do in order for me to be able to have the life that I really wanted. And it's so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive because we've been taught that in order to achieve, we must do, mm-hmm. but we haven't been taught that in order to create what we want, being and listening and reflection time and slowing down are actually really useful because wisdom and the answers are not linear in the way that we think they are. So um, I had to slow the F down when I had Leo or actually even in my pregnancy. And I had some of the most profound insights that in that realization of slowing down how powerful that was because i'd never had to do it before but i was really incapacitated in terms of the energy levels they just i had no energy in the first three months of my pregnancy and for those mums that that i work with are the ones who either are in that place of what the hell is going on like oh my god i've just had a child i am totally incapacitated i don't know what the hell's going on I'm so tired i'm so exhausted they want to still achieve and they put a lot of pressure on themselves and then the other mums that that basically now have the bandwidth but take it away again so mm-hmm. they their child they have the independence but they go back into that old pattern of doing again so the realization that that actually stopping and taking time out can actually accelerate what you want to get done was a big eye opener for me. Cause I didn't, I thought that that was just a waste of time. Like, I don't know about you, Jackie, but as a type A go getting mum, like one of the things that I realized was that, um, that I thought that doing nothing or taking time out was a waste of time. And what I've seen with my clients that come here to my villa in Spain, especially that that's what really juices them up is, is they don't know how to just be and enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just to sit and, and listen to the birds tweeting or just to sit in the horizon, watch that, just to see the mountains and just take that in or, um, and what I notice in the first day when they come here to the retreat that, they find it really hard just to be, they think they need to be doing something. (laughs) Like it's a big waste of their time to not be doing something. But by the fourth day, um, they are so in the space of like, oh my God, I just wanna stay here. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know this existed. I didn't even know the experience of being was even an option. I didn't even know that insight was something that was this powerful and that that can be taken out into my own world. And I don't have to wait until the holidays to feel this way like the holiday feeling that actually I can be in the holiday feeling more of the time in my life. And it's a gift because I think that most of us once again, get caught up in this. I have to do, do, do in order to achieve, achieve, achieve. But I've seen quantum leaps when I've just taken, gone, okay, I just need to take the time out right now and go for a walk, or I need to um, go and do yoga this morning and I had a big realization about something. And if I'm constantly in doing mode, it, it, it's almost like I don't give myself the space to just 
let what needs to surface surface. Oh, I totally agree with you, Marina. We were actually speaking about this before the podcast started because, you know, life's been incredibly busy for me at the moment and that's what I'm craving. Sorry, I'm just watching two squirrels run past the front window. (laughs) How cute. Um, No, I love what you're talking about there, Marina. And, And it's the same thing when people come to do, you know, sort of intensives with me as well at my home. You know, you live in a, a beautiful, you know, a beautiful house in, in, in Spain with gorgeous views, you know, quiet, secluded. I live in a beautiful house in the southwest coast of Scotland, beautiful, you know, views again, sea views, secluded. And you're right. Some people just settle into that space mm. and some people are just antsy. You know, they... they, they they don't understand that sitting in nature, watching nature, helps them understand this understanding. Mm. Because everything's in perpetual motion. You know, the universe or mind or God or whatever you call it is always in a state of becoming and unbecoming. The mm. same as you and I are. And many people, you know, have said to me, I'm concerned, Jackie, that, you know, that when I go home, that I won't be able to maintain this this gorgeous feeling that I have, as though it was something to do with me or something to do with this. this Exactly. And it's kind of like, no, that's you. That's your true nature. That stillness, that, that quietness, that feeling is who you are. But you've been in, as you say so beautifully, you've been in doing mode for so long. You've forgotten how to be. Yeah, and um, the other thing I noticed was taking motherhood really seriously. So um, the mums I meet um, are doing motherhood very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we all have moments where we, we, we get serious about life. Um, but something I heard the other day, which I found really interesting, was... Um, That taking life seriously, it, it it's a, it's almost like that's another mental illness. <laughs> like <clears throat> doing life suit, like you can tell that when somebody is super serious about their life all of the time, then that that's an indication that that somehow they yeah that they it, it's like the fungus the darkness that, that grows fungus rather than the joy that, that actually is like the sun that dries the fungus out. I think that was in Missing Link. That's right, Bill Pettit talks yeah. about that a yeah, lot. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I know when I've lost my sense of humour, that's not a good sign for me. I mean, you saw that happen to me, I think, at the bar. Um, you know, so I noticed it happening to me as well, and I'm like, okay, Jackie, you know what's going on? Just stay chilled, stay chilled. And if people knew that, you know that conversely, if they're very, very serious all the time, then they're just lost in the content of their thinking. And mums, you know what mums are like? They have all these rules and regulations in their minds of who they think they should be, how their kids have to be, how they should be in front of other mums. You know, that's a lot, you know. Yeah, and 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 the one the other thing that I that I hear and that I've experienced certainly is um, you know our own our own behaviour towards our children. So um, the guilt, you know, and um, when I one of the one of one of the things that I've really noticed over time is as I've as I've got more quiet and then I've kind of journeyed into this place of motherhood, my response to Leo is quite different to what it used to be. So. Um, Can you tell us I used about to, that? Yeah, you're going uh, to Sure. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, one of my m- big mummy mummy moments of, of kind of realizations was when I'm, you know, kids do this. They look at you, you tell them not to do that thing, and then they look at you and they, with defiance, and then they do the very thing you've told them not to do, um, especially young kids anyway. And I lost it. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. <laughs> um, so I, I, 
I have this I have this kind of very like fantasy that somehow that might change no. and, and he looked at me and then because it was the water outside and he turned mm-hmm. the tap on and I just lost it I didn't hit him but I I shouted at him I lost the plot mm-hmm. and I basically put him in the house locked the door got in the car and left and I was up the drive, you know, I was up the road and I just suddenly thought, what the fuck am I doing? I've just left my, he was hysterical at this point and mummy's just gone and like that's completely kind of freaked him out. So I went back in and I just held him and we were both crying. And that is an example of how it used to be. Shouting and screaming and recently while yes we bicker we're like an old couple now like it's so funny he's only four and a half but we bicker right we have these bickering moments um it's not the same like i used to lose a, I used to use a lot of force mm-hmm. and if you don't do this you'll have a consequence there was a lot of like um that kind of energy coming through. And then I had a realization. I was like, well, hang on a second. Why, if, if this is how you discipline or this is how you are supposed to bring up an adult, why are other, other people not doing it this way? Well, maybe it's got something to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, not my son's behavior. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, because what I hadn't realized was, was that I was carrying a whole bunch of, this is how you do motherhood based on what, how I'd experienced being a child. And so back in the day and being brought up in a Spanish household, there's a lot around, there's a lot about that. Like there's a lot of, of, this is what you need to do. This is the judgment. This is how you discipline your children. You shout at them. You tell them you don't do that, this and that and the other. I'm going to get angry at you if you don't do that. So there's a lot of coercion that happens. Mm-hmm. And I still see it today with mums here. There's a lot of coercion. And that's what I was doing because I didn't know how else to do it. And I didn't realize that that, that was something that, that I needed to reflect on. And so over time, while I don't do that, I, you know, I'm not calm all the time at all, but I, I have noticed that there is a space that wasn't there before. I noticed that um, there is a space for me to respond as opposed to me completely knee-jerk reaction all the time. Mm-hmm. So when Leo does something, that I've told him maybe not to do. I want to understand more now. Like it's coming from a place of, why did you do that when I told you not to? And, and he'll just go, just because. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let, let's, let's have a conversation about this later on or when you're ready or when just giving it space to then kind of have that conversation again. And usually there's an answer behind it. Like mm-hmm. I can, and so it's almost like, there is space to want to understand as opposed to space to judge and deprecate and coerce into. And that was very new for me. Um, That was very new for me. And also there's less judgment and guilt going on now, not because of the space in the sense of like, because I'm responding differently, but because I don't beat myself up in the same way as I used to, or at least spend, I don't spend much time there anymore. Yeah. Because the, his, here was the big wonderful thing that I saw was that I can't fuck my child up. That was a really big deal for me to see that. That was huge. Like I was like, uh, what? that I'm not responsible for how Leo thinks. I'm not responsible for the way he feels. Um, 
my job is 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 to self-regulate as much as I can so that he can do that too possibly but not to stay there as long but it's not my job to give to be responsible for the way he feels that was a really because I had thought that the way I'd been brought up had something to do with the way I thought mm -hmm. but you can have two kids brought up in the same household who who experienced life completely differently right I mean you've got three kids right mm -hmm. I'm sure none of them were experiencing your you or your husband in the same way well you know i beg to differ because when they all get together and they've had a drink and they talk about their childhood they have the same things to slag off their father and their mother about so either they've rehearsed these stories <laughs> so it's interesting i know what you're pointing to marina but i also know as well that while you're saying that you're saying that with so much love that you know, when you're saying yeah. it's your job to regulate, blah, 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 there's, there's this huge space of love that you're holding for him and for you. Yeah, and, and I guess I just look at my <coughs> sisters, they have the same upbringing and they are so distinctly different and they process things in so, so in a different way. But I also know that when you understand the resilience, mm -hmm. like who we really are, um, that's what I really saw was that who Leo really is and, and who I really am can't be touched from the outside world. Like this profound insight I had when I was pregnant was that I wasn't creating Leo. So if I wasn't creating Leo, what was creating Leo? Oh, it's what creates nature. Oh, it's what creates everything oh it's what creates everybody oh we're all one and oh he's god and so is everybody else and so it was just this it was like a mushroom inside it kind of went oh 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 boom and that's why like to me that was like oh if that is the case that we are man with this intelligence that created life and we're manifest in this body. But energy can never be destroyed. It only ever transforms, right? So like to me, that was just, oh, it did so much for me. It did so much for me. It just took such a load off. Um, and I see that doing a lot for mums too, is, is to realize that their child is 100% resilient, that they have the resilience inside of them, that they also have the capacity for their own insight, that they also um, have insecure thinking. And just as I can't be responsible for how somebody else feels, I can't, like, it's the same for my son. So, but having these insights and the capacity for these insights just brings about more love and understanding for ourselves and for those that we really care about. And what you're pointing to there, Marina, is universal truth, isn't it? That when you see that in yourself and you see it in your son, you can't help but see it in other people too and just have compassion from that space. And I guess <clears throat> that's the space you're talking about when you're working with your clients. It's kind of like me too. Yeah, like we often think that it has to be so much more, but love and understanding can go so far. Mm -hmm. Everybody's so busy these days and it's like, I don't know, like just to sit with somebody and just give them your love and understanding is actually enough. But because it's not tangible and we don't see it, it sometimes goes unseen <laughs> or it gets dismissed. I was talking to a client just recently about this and investing in herself, right? She thinks it's spending money, but we were talking about, well, you have to invest in your assets. Mm -hmm. 
and she wants to run um, some retreats. And um, I said, you know, we just got talking about intangibles and how the brand on a balance sheet of any company is an intangible. It's in, it sits in the intangible asset column. Mm-hmm. And so it was just funny because she was like, I can't see it, but I experience it. And I said, well, that's an intangible asset, the brand. It was just funny because sometimes we think we have to see something in order in order for it to have value. Yeah. Yeah. do you ever find this you know like a a client will come to you and they'll have a a kind of wish list of what they want to change (laughs) yeah it's like here's what I want to change but what inevitably happens is what needs to change changes so you don't get what you want you get what you need yeah it's so funny because I remember my first sort of investment in this and and going one-to-one and I had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to get results on. And I went back to that list after the year and none of it made sense to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Because what I was really searching for was the very thing that I experienced was experiencing or have it keep experiencing more of the time, which is that sense of well-being and peace. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny. It's a bit like, the story of the guy that gets inebriated and he goes and looks for his keys underneath the lamppost and somebody comes out and goes, where did you last see them? And he goes over there in the bush in the dark. And he's like, why are you, why are you not searching there? And it's like, because it's lighter here. <laughs> was he Irish? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I actually think he was Scottish. <laughs> He probably wouldn't have been able to articulate that then. I didn't want to do a Scottish accent, but it's in front of a Scottish woman, so I thought I'd leave that one. Thank you. (laughs) But there is so much value in the space, and we don't give ourselves the time for, for it. Yeah. Because you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't, if you don't know exists, then, then how do you know? Mm-hmm. I know as a mum, <clears throat> Marina, I developed a very strange relationship with time. A very strange relationship with time. I'd never known it before. I wasn't, I, I never used to bother wearing a watch, you know, before I became a mum. Then all of a sudden time became important to the point that my concept, my idea, the construct I had of time was so crazy that, you know, I would say things to myself like, I don't have time to do that. But I had like three hours but in my head. I'd go like, no, I don't have time to do that. Because it was so, my, my day was so punctuated with, and I was working full time. So it was kind of like, drop the kids off here, get the shopping, you know, do my work, get my paperwork done. Um, pick up a kid from here, take them to this club here, pick up another kid, do this, do that. And so even after I wasn't doing that with my children, when they became adults, I still had a very strange concept of time. And it's only been in the last sort of six or seven years that I've, you know, that I've seen through that, that, that I could have had something to do but years ago, I would have said, oh, no, I don't have time to do that. And that thought, that repetitive thought will pop into my head even now. And it's kind of like, no, you don't have time to do that, Jackie. And I'm like, I will see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a playfulness about it now. Right, we'll see. And I go away and do it. And it takes me like five minutes. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I had a realization about that, too. Um... I love to sing, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't Yeah, and I'm a really good singer. Um, and I used to be head chorister in the choir and um, choir singing and all that sort of stuff. And I, <clears throat> and it's funny, I, I stopped singing 
um, I sang, sang at my sister's wedding as well. And, and, and I stopped life got in the way, I guess. And so I put everything that I loved to one side just to make things work, like just to achieve. And then when I had Leo, of course, as you know, as a mum, it looked to me like I had even less time. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I got you, sister. Uh (laughs) And this whole thing around, I don't have the time for the things I want to do, got in the way. Mm -hmm. So how can I have the time if I'm just working and spending time with you? That's all I do. Work, mum, work, mum, work, mum, work, mum, shopping. Oh, yeah, and the shopping. Work, mum, shopping. Oh, and, and the cooking. Oh, work, mum, shopping and the cooking and the laundry. Oh, okay. So work, mum, shopping, laundry, Leo, uh, uh, God knows what else was going on. And I thought, hang on. What am I waiting for? Yeah. What is it that I'm actually waiting for to happen, to change, for me to have the time to do the things that I love? What, until I've got X amount in the bank? Or is it that um, I'm waiting for somebody to give me permission to do this? What am I waiting for? And I had this major epiphany, which was, oh, I'm just not making it a priority. I'm just not making singing that lights me up a priority. Well, that's just stupid. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, well, if I want to make it priority, what needs to happen? Mine needs to just rearrange stuff because we're making choices every single day about what we're going to be prioritizing. And so what I realized was it's not a, lack of time issue it's a priority issue like I can sit and watch Facebook like videos all day and make that a priority and then say I do I didn't have enough time to do the shopping (laughs) right and the other thing that I've noticed is that the more quiet I am it seems the more time I have So when I, when I, I, I don't know if this happens to you, when I get, there, is, there are times that, you know, you have a deadline that you want to, that you've made up about, like, so you decide, I'm going to make this deadline up. So I'm, I'm going to create this project for this time. And then you pressurize yourself to get all of that done to this made up time that you've created for you. You beat yourself up about the fact that you have to get to that time in that moment. Um, and some, some of that, that experience might be, oh, I've got enough time. And then some of that experience might be, oh, I'm never going to get this done. Oh my God, this is a nightmare. Oh my God. Like all the pressure, pressure. I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And some of it, some of that experience might look like, um, oh, I just can't be bothered to get it done today. Oh, I'll just get it done tomorrow. So it's random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same amount of time but the experience of that time changes depending on your state of mind. And sometimes there's boredom that comes in and it feels like it's just going on forever and ever and ever. And there are other times. And so it's not the amount of time we have. Yes. Like it's, it's, and, and you know, that, that moment in the morning when you're rushing your child out, out of the door, it's like, I don't have the time. <laughs> we need to go. And then you get to school five minutes early or, or whatever, like, and you're rushing, rushing, rushing in your head. And then when you calm down, it's like, oh, my experience of this time has completely changed again. So my, I'm playing with that at the moment because I've, I've become more aware of this, this, this construct of time that we yeah. have, this future in this. Yeah. It's a real perceived limitation, isn't it? Well, it can be a perceived limitation or it can be be a perceived advantage, you know, depending on your state of mind and how you're thinking about it at the time. You know, some people with that same amount of time will go, I've got lots of time to do that (laughs) and wait to the last minute to do it. You know, it's right. Time is a construct, isn't it really? But here's the thing, like, I've noticed with Leo is he's just learning about future and past. Mm-hmm. 
at some at one point he didn't even realize that there was anything like the construct of the future or construct of the past he was just in the here and now all the time and so this this concept of five more sleeps mm-hmm. like that's just what what what's that like mm-hmm. okay one two three four five <laughs> yeah and 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 we go into this with that. And so then they have this belief that it's five more days. We go to sleep at this time. We, uh, we don't have the time to do that. Uh, there is a future. There is a past. But it's all made up. Mm-hmm. Because we have to, like, I just, the conditioning of this with Leo. It's huge. It's huge. And I'm like, I'm conditioning him to him. I'm conditioning him that there is a future and there is a past. Why? Why am I doing that? Kind of fall into that. Yeah. But do you know what I love about that, Marina, with the understanding that you and I both have of how we're creating our moment to moment experience through the gifts of mind, thought, and consciousness, is that there's a playfulness to that. You know, there's a playfulness of the future, the perceived future, there's a playfulness of the past, even though we all know that really we just have this moment, that that's all we have. It's a, a continuum, really. And yet, innocently people kind of misuse the gifts of mind thought and consciousness and kind of get themselves into different states of mind anxiety depressive thinking because they're innocently misusing these gifts of mind thought and consciousness to to play with these concepts of the past and of the future you know that there's a, a a little sentence in the missing link that just sort of blew my mind when Woodson Banks articulated that memories are just thoughts carried across time. I laughed for days when I read that. You know that this was all I was doing. I was I was innocently carrying thought across time into the now, putting my awareness on it, and and just making myself feel miserable. It was kind of like, do you know, like when you would break up with a boyfriend and you'd play the same sad tune on over and over and over and over again, you know, and you'd cry and you'd stay in that pit of depression for ages just because that's what you thought you were meant to do to get over someone. But it really just kept you there. Yeah. And that's what guilt is. Mm-hmm. It's beating yourself up about a memory, There's something that you did in the past but that all it is is a memory it's just when you think about it it's just not we're just silly humans like <laughs> we just do weird shit like that but i love your lightheartedness about that to someone else guilt would be like oh my god i feel shame and i feel guilty about you know things i've done in my past where to me, it's, I mean, it is, it's all learning. Sure. There, are, there are some things, you know, that I feel okay about talking about. And there are things that I don't, you know, that, that, are, that are my business. They're nobody else's business. You know, it doesn't really matter now. But there's no, there's no guilt or shame about it. I was just learning about life. I love that. Because that really, <clears throat> what that really says is, is that we're, we're not supposed, that we don't know. Like I, I see this like thing with Leo now where it's like his level of understanding. How the hell is he supposed to know that works that way? Yeah. He doesn't know. If he did know, he'd be doing something else. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. But, but he's, he's a soul who's learning about life. So every experience he's having, he's learning and he's evolving. You know, he's, he's becoming, more aware of what's going on and at his age oh my god you want your child to kind of test you a wee bit because they're testing relationship they're testing reactions they're testing where they sit in the world it's just part of growing up and you know I still see that I'm 57 this year and I'm like ah, it's all part of growing up (laughs) that's the point that 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 is exactly it that I you know I had this major insight a few years back 
where I realized I was taking adulthood really seriously. Mm. And so <clears throat> it's kind of like grow up, uh, you know, what we're thrown, the comments, right? It's like grow up, um, stop being irresponsible. Um, now you're an adult, you've got to take life seriously. Mm. And so this, I, this, this kind of exploration of life kind of has a, has a limit. It's like you've reached this age, you're no longer allowed to explore life. It's not about what if I do this or what if I do that? What might happen if I press this button or what happens if I you know, go down that street? You've now entered into, you've got to do life really seriously and, and you're either right or you're wrong. Like, I, I don't wanna go down that road because I might get it wrong as opposed to going, well, what if I did go down that road? What would happen if? And so I see this with Leo is that, that, that sort of permission to just explore. Mm -hmm. And as you said, rightly, like there are some times that it's like, it's dangerous for you to go and stand up on that wall. Yeah. I would recommend not doing it actually. Um, you could hurt yourself. Okay. You could let them just fall off the wall and see what happens. But I, I just, as I, as I wrote in my, there's a, there's a chapter in my book um, where I talk about this thing where it's like the joy of exploration. Mm -hmm. Explore. It doesn't mean you're going to get it wrong. It's like, you don't, if, if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's even in motherhood, explore the kind of mother you're being and, and, and ooh, the, oops, that didn't work. Oops. Oops. You know, like when your child throws something on the floor, you go, oh, well, never mind. Um, that kind of energy around it. Mm. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Okay, let me start again. Rewind. I, I had an experience about a month ago with my daughter's uh, Boston Terrier. They, they were getting their 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 bathroom redone so I, I went over and I was working from their home and I was looking after the dog and I'd tidied up the house after the plumbers had all left I'd hoovered and you know made it all sweet for them coming home and the the Boston Terriers one of his little toys was on the floor and I put it in his dog bed you know so the floor was tidy there was nothing on the floor and that wee Boston Terrier went up took his toy out of the the dog bed stood in front of me and spat it out at my feet <laughs> And I just thought, you gorgeous, sentient little being, you did not want that in there. You know, it was just like having a three-year-old who you'd done something and they didn't want you to do it. So, you know, like when they drop their spoon off their high chair constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're constantly having to pick it up again. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's all learning. It is all learning. And that moment for me with, with Harris, the Boston Terrier was, ah. <laughs> you're conscious aren't you you're proving to me you're conscious <laughs> yeah it's so it's so funny like uh, you know this this i there was a recording of sydney banks i was listening to and what i heard is is you'll never stop having insight until the day you pass on through you know you yeah. change form and what i heard in that was that you'll never stop getting a a a deeper level of understanding. And so what that suggests to me is, is that I will never stop learning. That, that it, it's not like you reach a point and go, oh yeah, well, I know everything now. In fact, how can you know? You can't, like if you did know, like my level of understanding of motherhood has completely shifted. Like I used to be the mom, you know, the, the woman that used to sit in the airplane and go, oh, for fuck's sake, can you shut that child up? <laughs> I wouldn't do it that way. And then you know what? It's come right back at me. <laughs> that karma's a bitch, my darling. Karma's a bitch. What does it say? <laughs> you don't get what you want, they get what you get what you need. <laughs> I know. And it's interesting because I I've seen that also um experiences that where I've really been judgmental about mm -hmm. then come back to me for me to have a much better understanding of them. And to have more compassion and, and understanding of that. Yeah, I love that, Marina. I think that's so special when that happens, isn't it? You get yeah. this opportunity to see something fresh again that you didn't understand the first time. 
Yeah. And, and it just reduces the amount of judgment as far as I can tell, like the judgment of others. And then you're like, actually, no, now I understand. So I remember this particular instance where the first three or four weeks of motherhood were not pretty. I was just exhausted. I'd had a 28 hour labor and seven days of contractions beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I was physically done. Exhausted. And of course, then you get home, you can't rest, can you really? Because you've got the baby that needs to be breastfed. And then you're like worrying because you're the first time mom. And you're like, my God, he stopped breathing. And you poke him and you can't sleep and whatever, right? And um, I had this realization of like, oh, I totally get why mums would leave their children in boxes and walk away. I, I, I really like, there were moments where I was just ready to just do that and go, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to go away now. I'm not coming back. There were moments that felt that real to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can see how if you really believe that what you think and you go and do that, I could, I could really see like how moms could do that. Whereas before I'd be right. I can't see how they could do that. How could they do that? But I, yeah, I can really see how they could do that. And so it reduced a whole bunch of judgment around that for me. And, you know, once again, this, this, this experience of the airplane, a whole bunch of judgment around that. And so whenever I judge something, I re- you know, the realization around that was for, is that I don't understand it properly. I don't understand it. If I'm judging it, I honestly don't understand it. Because anytime I understand, the judgment seems to just fall away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because for me, and this is, I love this whole separate reality thing. Yeah. For me, if I become judgmental, I know that I'm just tired. I'm in a low state of mind, you know, and I'm not in a loving space. Because nobody's ever going to see the world the way that I see it. Nobody. You know, it's kind of like colours. I can say to you, oh, looking outside my window, there's a beautiful Japanese maple tree and it's purple. But my definition of the colour purple might be mauve to you or, or, or something else. You know, we, we see everything so distinctly, subtly, differently that how can I judge anyone when, you know, my experience of the world is... <laughs> it's so strange to me at times like you know that, that I can't fathom <laughs> like okay you know where did that come from <laughs> okay <laughs> put that one away Jackie you know that that phrase you're only you know again from said you're only one thought away <laughs> from and you you know from a new experience or whatever is just kind of like I am so grateful for that so grateful yeah I am, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so blessed that this understanding found me. Um, because I'd been looking for a while. And I remember having a conversation with someone about this very thing. And I said, you know, I've been searching for a truth and I know I'll bump up against it and I'll know what it is when I find it. And, mm-hmm. I, and it was interesting because I, when, I, when I heard Rita Shiver talk at the, at, at the conference, um, it really resonated with the story because I was like, yeah, that's what was going on for me. I knew that there was something that I wasn't seeing, some, some truth. And, um, and it showed up literally four months later. Mm-hmm. And I was just, yeah, I've been so blessed with the fact that I have this understanding because it makes navigating life so much easier. Yeah. Or at least I don't spend so much time in the downs as I used to, mm-hmm. they used to last for months. 
Um, and it was just like, that was the frame of reference that I was coming from in life was mm-hmm. stress and anxiety and overwhelm and ego and, and not, and while that still happens, it's not, I, I just don't experience it so often, mm-hmm. which is a massive relief really. Yeah. It just sounds as though your life's become way more gentle. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It, it has. And, um, simple actually mm-hmm. when I when I really like I do a little bit of work and then I go and pick up Leo and then we go to the beach or you know we'll take the dog for a walk or and then I go to bed and I wake up and do it all over again mm-hmm. and so but it didn't used to look that way it used to look like I, it has to be exciting and I have to be doing stuff I and I, I just get so I just get such a buzz just maybe just sitting by the water or having a cup of coffee with a friend or having a really cool conversation with someone. Yeah. And this sense of, I don't have to strive. Like that was a big relief too. Mm -hmm. To really understand that striving is just this idea that once you get there, then it will be so much better than here. Yeah as if to say that you don't have everything you need already. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, Medina. You know, I, I was kind of brought up in between two brothers, so there was a lot of competitiveness. I don't know if there was from them, but there sure was from me. There was two of them and one of me. And, you know, sort of... I kind of forgot about that competitiveness when I was working as a nurse. You know, it was just gorgeous and this lovely caring, being of service environment and a midwife. And then I went to work in the pharmaceutical industry, you know, and, and it was all very, very, very competitive. I was there for over 28 years. You know, and I look back on that time and that really, really was fascinating to see how competitive I could be. You know, and, and in that competitiveness also being a mum and you know a mother mother to three children and having a home and my parents you know weren't keeping in the best of health how I kept striving to keep everything going but to excel not just to keep everything going but to excel at everything it was kind of like if you it was like an unsinkable Molly Brown that's who I thought I was you know, that there's this character that no matter what happened to her, she would, yay, life's good. You know, this whole adage of throw lemons, I'll make lemonade, that kind of thing. And you don't realise how exhausting that is until you step out of it. Because that becomes your new norm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the frog analogy, isn't it? Mm. You throw the frog in boiling water, it will jump out. But if you basically have it in the water and then you just keep turning up the heat, that's right. it will die. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing, isn't it? We think it's normal for everybody to feel this way. Or it's like one of the things that I had been doing a little bit of research on, and they did a survey in the UK um, on mums. And I think it was crazy like 80% of them would say that they weren't they were really struggling but they wouldn't say anything because they thought it was normal they thought that this is just how motherhood is mm-hmm. this is how it is this is how everybody is feeling um this is I just need to get on with it um but what I but that, so that, that, that's kind of the, the, the frame of reference that, that, that we're coming from is we see everybody else rushing around and being busy and think, think that's how we need to do life in order for us to, to, to win at it. Mm. <laughs> I'm so glad you're laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after our call, I just want to have a Netflix day. <laughs> just I just want to just you know chill just do nothing but you know what's really interesting about that Jackie I challenged myself on that um last year I did the very thing that was deeply uncomfortable for me which was to do nothing Mm -hmm. because it seemed to me that 
nothing was working. And so I decided to take a step back and I spent a month watching Netflix mm -hmm. and cooking and doing nothing really, like just doing the very thing that I, I would judge others for. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you should see her face when she's seen that. <laughs> oh, I feel judged. <laughs> but now, yeah. it's, it's a whole, like my whole experience of work is so different. And I totally binge watch Netflix and there are days that I just don't like do anything. And, and so there is a sense that I had an addiction or at least a lot of addictive thinking around, oh, I need to work in, you know, I need to be doing something mm -hmm. in order to, pro to progress. Yeah there's a place to get to once again I was kind of in that striving pattern again and I was like whoa 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 hang on hang on hang on hang on I'm going to do the very thing that feels deeply uncomfortable to me which is to not do anything so I'm going to go and sit there for a while mm -hmm. and it was relevatory re re to me to to discover that success wasn't about what I was achieving in the outside world, that the success for me was more about how much joy I was actually experiencing. That was a big one for me. I'm like, what if success is just, how much joy are you experiencing? Like, why is it a marker to like how much money you have in the bank? Yeah. <laughs> it's insidious though, right? It's, it's like, Success means doing something in the world. Is it? I don't know. Like to me, it doesn't seem that way anymore. It seems more like how much, how much joy am I experiencing in my life right now? I was just going to say to you, for me, my definition of success is to be content. Hmm. You know, content with, with whatever is happening right now. Yeah. 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 I was having this very same conversation with a client this morning. You know, um, we think that, that somehow quality of life has got something to do with the car we drive or the house we have or the pillows we sleep on. Mm. I'd say it's more than mattress, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than but actually, um, you can have a really nice home and a big fast car, but be miserable. I just don't, the quality of life isn't an outside job, it's an inside one. Mm -hmm. So conversely, you can have all these things and have a great life. Oh yeah, totally. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one or the other, it's the mm -hmm. and, it's mm -hmm. the and on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Marina, this has been an absolutely beautiful conversation. <laughs> can you tell people how they can get in touch with you? And also, um, you know, if you've got anything coming up, any lunches, any events, and we'll put, I'll put them in the show notes as well. So you must email them to me. Sure. So um, I've got my book, mm -hmm. uh, which is now you can, up, um, which people can buy on Amazon. It's called The Joy of Being, uh, support, Supporting Hardworking Mums to Stress Less and Live More. Um, but you can also download a chapter uh, just to sort of see if it's, it's, if it's something you want to buy. Um, and that's, that particular chapter is all about creating more time and space, which is quite relevant <laughs> to today's talk, actually. And you know, it's funny, Jackie. Yeah. I was really wanting to have a conversation about time and then I forgot about it and obviously today <laughs> <laughs> it's the right time because <laughs> um, I loved your insights about that that's yeah it's added a bit of a dimension to me and then um, the joy of being podcast as well uh, which you can find at marinapearson.com slash podcast 
it's on Apple Podcasts. And then um, I'm opening up places now for my retreats in September and October. And they're really intimate. Like uh, I have two spaces literally for each of those retreats and I'm planning to run um, four of them in September and then another two in October. Um, so over a six week period. And they're just really intimate experiences where, and you know, Jackie, what they, you know, you do these two where moms just come to hang out and experience yeah. being yeah experience being but you know sort of don't don't sell yourself short and I never sell myself short in this either Marina because when people come to do these intensives or retreats you know it's taken us years and years and god knows how much money to get to the space that we're in right now it is true so when people come and do these, it's we're condensing years and years of experience and learning into these three or four days to spend with people. So, I mean, it is a beautiful experience. It's not a heady experience. There's a lightness to it, but oh my God, it's turbocharged. So please don't sell yourself short, my love. I didn't realize I was doing that. So thank you for bringing me up on that. Um, thank you, Jackie. I, I, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for that awareness. Um, because I see how transformative they are. Yeah. In fact, I've got two clients coming back because they they had such a, an amazing experience mm. of being here. And literally it is just what we've been talking about today. It's giving yourself the gift of time. Yes. Giving yourself the gift of um, sitting in a beautiful feeling and also realizing that that actually is possible, mm. that you can have a a holiday feeling without needing to go on the holiday. Mm -hmm. um, you can feel free without waiting for that until or when. And so we get to hang out, um, but I also give you a lot of space. Because I. one of the things that I've realized is that, especially as a doer, as a type A type of woman, and I, and I know I'm labeling myself, but I am a woman that wants to do stuff, stuff in the world and is I would go to these, these courses and they would pack it all in and I would need a break afterwards, right? Like I'd be like, oh my God, I actually now need a holiday after doing this particular experience. And what I want it to be is the very thing that most people don't, don't actually give you, which is the space. Mm -hmm for you so we do stuff in the morning but then the afternoons are pretty pretty free so that first day is really like nothing so you get comfortable with the discomfort of not doing anything the second day is um we we go for a really beautiful walk in the afternoon and then the final day is an activity um but it's usually an activity where we talk, we hang it, we hang out. You see new new things, um, but that day is all about trusting the process and being comfortable in the unknown. So I never reveal what that activity will be. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really about creating more time and space. Um, and then taking that back into your world and realizing that actually you can have it in your day to day if you want it. Mm -hmm. So there's a book, there's a podcast, there's retreats. Anything else, Marina? Anything else coming up? Um, for now, that's it. I mean, if if somebody wants to reach out to me and work one to one, that's also available. Um, so even though there are there are the retreats, there's also the one to one, which also includes a a, a trip here too. Mm. so um but yeah you can just email me at marina at marinapearson.com if that's something that you that sounds juicy for you <laughs> marina lots of love to you and leo and thank you for being a guest on unashamedly human podcast thank you hey you could be larger than life